Again, this week, today's sermon is entitled, Husbands Love Your Wives. We're still looking at Ephesians 5, verse 25. And specifically, this, this important passage of, of exhorting Christian husbands concerning their joyful obligation to their wives. I want to remind you that last week's sermon was a one-point sermon, Husbands Love Your Wives. That was it. We're going to be going back to that same one point this week, but this time it's all about application. We're still dealing with the first point of the larger passage I gave you last week in Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 29, which is the command to love. We're going to have several specific applications of that one point, to love our wives, in the second half of the sermon. And last week, we began to ask the question, well, what does that mean? And in light of what the, Paul himself had said, you are to love her like Christ loved the church. And so we looked at some of the ways that Christ loved the church. And we said Christian husbands ought to love their wives in at least these seven ways. And two of the seven ways that Christ loved the church, uh, Paul explicitly brings to our attention in this passage. Well, of course, Paul himself didn't leave the command to love without description and definition. So a little later, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, where he gives a full description of what Christian love looks like. And we'll look Look at that in a few minutes. But I need to remind you of three things again this week before we begin. First, the various context of those hearing this sermon and the circumstances in which we all are impact the way that we hear God's Word. I mean, if you're a wife who has experienced an overbearing husband or a passive husband, in either case, um, a husband who's failed you significantly, it may be very difficult to hear this passage. In fact, it may be hard to hear Paul's exhortation at all. It may seem to you that Paul is somehow affirming your husband in either his neglect or in his overbearing demeanor. On the other hand, husbands who are listening to this word, who perhaps are dealing with a wife who is disrespectful or unresponsive or unloving, maybe even unfaithful, may find it hard to hear these words. And yet Paul has spoken these words to all those who are in Christ Jesus. God's word is profitable for all Christians in all circumstances. So whether you're married or single, whether you're just opening stages of courtship or you've been married for over 60 years, whether you're in a happy marriage or one that's in the process of falling apart, God's Word has something to say to you. So may God grant that out of the fog of our own circumstances or perhaps the crushing weight or the pressure of our circumstances, we will be able to hear this Word for us. The second thing I want to remind you is, and we'll talk more about this next week, I just don't have time to touch on it today, but Paul makes it so clear that in this passage that marriage is very much in the context of the gospel. It's in the context of our union with Jesus. It has to be lived out in light of Christ's death on the cross. That's a vital thing for us to understand and remember, because as long as we're approaching marriage as something that's going to fulfill us or give us joy or make us happy and secure... And if we fail to see that God is in this thing and that God is to be glorified in this thing and that marriage is something much bigger than we are, well, then we'll never get our heads or our hearts around marriage. The last thing I would like to remind you again is that as we work through this passage, this is a great opportunity for either good or for ill, um, either for growth in in gospel change or for real disaster. Wives, if your husbands walked out of here today and you're reminding them all the way home of the many ways that he has failed you, and you catalog each of these specific applications I'm going to mention later, things that that he hasn't done for you or with you, then the opportunity will be lost. 
Or husbands, if, you, if all you can think about during the course of this study is the ways that your wife has disrespected you and let you down and that she needs to change, and then this is an opportunity that will be lost. But each of us, rather, ought to be asking ourselves, how am I serving the other? How can I serve my spouse? So that our attitude is, you first. Well, if you do that, then there's a great opportunity for gospel change. Let's keep this in mind as we look to God's Word. And first of all, in Ephesians 5.25, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. But let's pray before we begin. Fathers, we consider these verses and other passages. We ask that you would open our eyes to see the wonderful truths in your Word and illumine our minds that we might understand it. And that by the power of Holy Spirit, you will apply it to our hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is God's Word, Ephesians 5, verse 25, again this week. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Amen. May God write the eternal truths of his word upon all of our hearts. When the Apostle Paul says, husbands, love your wives, what does he mean? Well, last week we turned to the Lord Jesus to get Paul's answer to that question. And we went to several passages where we saw that Christ's love for the church is unmerited, intense, unending, unselfish, purposeful, manifested, and sacrificial. But the Apostle Paul himself has not left us without a practical working definition of love, and that's found in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. It's so important for us to remember, as well as we turn there, that Paul is speaking into the context of a group of people who are very proud of how the Holy Spirit has been manifested in their lives, especially in terms of the extraordinary gifts. They see themselves in the very apex of Christian experience, you know, prophecy, tongues, and so forth. And Paul is saying, you know what would really please me most as an evidence of Holy Spirit's work in your life? It would be that if you loved one another. And in the course of that exhortation, he says to them, so let's look to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And in that passage, Paul's giving us an outline of some of the qualities of Christian love expressed in the context of, of a relationship. So I just want to pause and give us a challenge. Husbands, ask yourself, how are these qualities being manifested in my life with my wife? But today I want to go back to this exhortation in Ephesians 5.25 and to this theme or proposition of this whole section. Paul's calling Christian husbands, God is calling Christian husbands, to a radical, God-originated, gospel-based, grace-empowered, spirit-wrought, Christ-emulating, self-denying love. Each one of those terms are, are important, so I want us to consider them for a few minutes. And then I'll look at some practical applications. So that'll be the sermon today. But first thing I want us to see is that what God is calling uh, for us here is truly radical. You know, far from Paul saying, you know, this is how things are in your culture. So you have to take that into consideration and just do the best that you can. But, under, but I understand that if you live this way, well, people are probably going to think you're strange. So it's okay if you just blend in with your culture and live as they do. No. Paul is actually calling Christian husbands to do something that is very radical. You know, if you study other household codes that existed in the, in the Mediterranean world in the time before the Apostle Paul, 
you'll find that what Paul's asking Christian husbands to do here is truly extraordinary. Aside from culture, he is not asking us to conform ourselves to the way that our father did it or the way our grandfather did it. Uh, He's saying, I want you to be radically biblical in the way that you love your wives. I want you to be radically Christological in the way that you love your wives. I want you to love your wife in light of the way Christ has loved his bride. In other words, he's saying to husbands who come back to Paul and say, well, you know, Paul, I didn't have a father who showed me how to love a woman. My, my father didn't do a very good job of loving my mother. My father was verbally abusive sometimes and he was controlling most of the time. Or my father was so passive that my mom completely ran our household. I mean, he was there physically. He just wasn't engaged at all. And Paul's saying, dear friend, I understand fully the challenge of those circumstances. But you understand, I'm not asking you to love your wife like your father loved your mother or the way your grandfather loved your grandmother. I'm asking you to love Christ the way that... I'm asking you to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And God in His Word has explained what that looks like. Therefore, if you've gone through you know, a tremendously difficult experience of not having this model for you in the home where you grew up, if you've not had that privilege... Still yet, you have the privilege of watching your Savior serve people to His death and resurrection and love them well. And you have the greatest example that there could ever be for how to love your wife. It's a radical thing to which Paul is calling us. But it's not just a radical thing, it's a God-originated thing. We said last week, you cannot give what you do not have. And husbands, the kind of love we're called to give in Christian marriage is not something that we can possibly get from our wife. Now, your wife may indeed make it easier for you to love her. But the kind of love you're called to give her, you don't get from her. You get it from God. It is in the arena of the experience of God's love to you that you must determine the way that you're going to love your wife. It's a God-originated love that Paul is calling on on Christian husbands to give to their wives. And it's not only a God-originated love, it's a gospel-based love. So let me say, as I did last week, if you're listening to this sermon and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've not trusted in Him alone for your salvation, if He's not the first, the best, and the greatest in all of your life, if He's not the center of your life and the Savior of your your sins, then you cannot possibly do what God is telling Christian husbands to do here. Because this cannot be done apart from the gospel. It's based upon the gospel, and only the gospel can produce the platform or the paradigm from which this kind of love can be given. This is a gospel-based love. But it's also a grace-empowered love. Because even if we have experienced the gospel, even if we've experienced the saving work of the Lord Jesus, we still need God's ongoing ministry of grace to us in order to live this way. Because our tank runs dry very quickly. And husbands must daily rely on the grace of God in order to love this way. Because Paul's not calling for a one-time act of love. He's calling for a lifetime of love. And so we need His grace daily in order to do that. It's also a spirit-wrought love. You remember the whole context of this passage that Paul is talking about what it looks like for a person to be filled with the Spirit or to be guided by the Spirit or to going on being filled by the Spirit. And it was in that very context that Paul talks about our serving one another, our being subject to one another, our having the attitude of, how may I serve you? And so it's the Spirit's work 
that, that, that does this ability, it allows this ability for us to love our wives. And of course, it's also a Christ-emulating love. Paul is saying, look, Christ is your example. Emulate Him, Christian husbands. And that means of necessity, is it is a self-denying love. It's a love that says you first to your wife. Your needs before my needs, your concerns before my concerns. That's the kind of love we're called to give as we serve our wives and care for our wives' best interest, both spiritual and temporal. Well, how does that work out practically? So let's talk about some specific practical manifestations of this kind of Christian love expressed in the context of a committed relationship. And the first is simply this. The Christian husband who is seeking to love his wife as Christ loved the church will manifest his love with words. Now, those words will not always be of the kind of a tender and a romantic sort. I mean, they might just be words of encouragement and a commitment backed up with actions that give your wife confidence in your relationship with her or with the direction of your family. Or that you're going to fulfill something that she has expressed as a deep desire or something that she believes is very important for the household. It is saying, honey, you need to understand, I've heard you say what you think our family needs right now. And I, I agree with you. And I commit to you now that I will respond to this particular thing that you've said to me. Those may be profoundly settling words to show her your love for her. But of course, it also means just, just saying, I love you. And God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give us such good examples of this in Scripture. They're constantly telling us, the Father and the Son, are telling us how much they love us. So a Christian husband will manifest his love in words. And he'll also provide for his wife's needs. Paul in this passage in verse 28 says, Christian husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Meaning they're to provide for their wives and care for them as they do for, their, for themselves. But elsewhere in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, he puts it even more strongly. Do you remember that text? But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You think Paul was serious about husbands providing for their wives and for their families? A Christian husband manifests his, this kind of gospel love by providing for his family. And the Christian husband manifests his love by protecting his wife. And of course, this does, does not only mean physical protection, although that is entailed. Perhaps your wife has a tendency to try to do more than is humanly possible. I mean, she tries to squeeze more into 24 hours than, than is humanly possible. So husbands have the, have the responsibility to help protect their wives, even from themselves, when they try to do more than is humanly possible. And it's not just to tell her to stop doing it, but loving her well in her brokenness of trying to prove herself. She might be on a constant treadmill of work because of some of her previous experiences that made her feel unworthy of love and acceptance because maybe she grew up in a home where she had to perform in order to be accepted, or, or she has a problem with perfectionism and a fear of failure, or she's just overwhelmed by the responsibilities in the home or at work. It could be a number of things. So let's say your wife is knuckling under the demands of, of child rearing. How do you protect her? How do you aid her in that setting? Or perhaps your wife is susceptible to, to the criticisms and expectations of others. How do you provide protection? Perhaps it is reassuring her. And providing her a different perspective on those criticisms and expectations. A perspective that is 
distinctly friendly to her or one where she knows that you're on her side. And so you listen patiently to her fears and cares about those criticisms and expectations and you express to her your support for her. How can I be a friend to you right now? How can I give you support? And you take any necessary measures to help her and provide her sheltering from those words that she hears in her head, you know, those things that may keep her awake at night. Another manifestation of of a husband loving his wife is assisting with activities and the needs and responsibilities in the home, showing her your helpfulness, not trying to disparage anyone because every generation has its own challenges due to the cultures in which we live. But in the previous generation, men in general, and even Christian men, did absolutely nothing to help with the housework or assisting in the kitchen before or after a meal. In fact, many women of that generation would have been offended if a man would have come into their domain, their kitchen, before or after a meal and offered to help. But Christian husbands need to show our support to our wives with the daily responsibilities in the home. Another specific way that a Christian husband manifests his love to his wife is by showing sacrifice for her. You come home tired, you know, you want to just sit back and watch TV, do something mindless. But when you get home, you realize that your wife needs help with something. The children are running around and dinner is either burning or not yet started. And she's stressed out and you want to kick off your shoes and you want to put your feet up. Don't do it, brother. Take the children, engage them in some kind of activity, help them with homework or get their bath started. Head for the kitchen, do the best you can, whatever you need to do. And you're not trying to be Mr. Wonderful here. You're asking yourself, how can I serve my wife? And you're sending her a message that says, I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve. And if you've also had a hard day, maybe you've had a really rough day, you may have to stop for a few minutes and collect yourself so that you can, when you get home, you can be in the right frame of mind to do that. But you're thinking about how you're going to serve her. You think about how you're going to serve your family. You're thinking when you walk through the door, I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve my wife and my family. Or maybe you're just tired. She wants to to talk. So you listen, you engage her in conversation. Or maybe you're tired and she wants you to go shopping with her. But your attitude is, I'm not here to, to be served, but to serve. You know, friends, life can really get in the way of a good relationship. And I always tell young couples who are contemplating marriage, uh, young men and women who have no context yet for what I'm telling them. But I tell them, when you're married, everything will work against your relationship. Even good things in your life will sometimes work against your relationship. Marriage is hard work. You have to take care of it. You have to make it a priority. And what worked six months ago and how you were handling stress and circumstances may not work now. So you have to constantly be attentive and talk and evaluate things and figure it out together. Because if you just let life carry you along, I promise you, you will have problems. And if you continue to just kick the can down the road, and you don't deal with the smaller problems, and they can quickly become big problems. And they can even become relationship-destroying problems over time. Christian husband also shows love to his wife by sharing with her, telling her from time to time what you think it is that God has put you here to do. You know, I think this, you can say, you know, I think this because, well, I do have these gifts and I've had these experiences. And this is what I think God wants me to do for you, for our children, for our church and for our community. Basically, don't close her out. 
And dear sisters in Christ, if your husband has the guts to share that with you, please just listen to him. It may be hard for him to tell you that or to share his dreams with you, so don't be too quick to offer him suggestions if you want to hear from him again in that area of his life. Because if you quickly offer your criticisms or insights, you might not hear from him again about his, his dreams. But husbands, do share your, your life with your wives. Another way a Christian husband will love his wife is to refuse to compare her unfavorably to others. You're not going to make any jokes at her expense at any time. Uh, you're not going to denigrate her character. You're, you're certainly not going to point out to her the characters of other women that you wish that she has. Uh, you're, you're going to refuse to compare her unfavorably to others. You're going to demonstrate that she is first in your life. Yes, you're going to live your life to the glory of God, enjoying Him. And yes, you're a father to your children. You're a churchman and you have a job or a career. And you're going to do all those things to the best of your ability. But as you do them, you know that she is first in your life. And she knows that even when you're attending to other things, things that are taking time and energy away from her, that she's still first in your life. And for sure, one of the ways I've failed my wife Susie over the years is I've allowed ministry to be too consuming in my life, mentally, emotionally, and physically. But the truth is, I, I couldn't do it without her, and it wouldn't matter except for her. So Christian husbands, she is before your career, your hobbies, your children, your parents. She is first. A Christian husband will also manifest his love by expressing that love with tenderness, respect, and courtesy. Husbands, you ever caught yourself uh, speaking to your wife with a wrong tone of voice? Or if you didn't catch yourself immediately doing it, you realized it later? Both the content of our speech and our tone uh, must reflect gentleness and respect and that you treasure her as someone exceedingly valuable. Christian husband also expresses his love by giving appreciation and praise in large doses. Do you observe and acknowledge her attempts to please you? Do you stop and say, thank you for that? Christian husbands, are you making a point to never forget to say thank you, expressing your thanks for everything your wife does for you? What a tremendous testimony it would be if a wife could say that she knows without a shadow of a doubt that she is appreciated. Are you honoring your wife that way? So men, those of us who are husbands, let's do some homework. Make a list of 25 things that you appreciate about your wife. And then slowly and systematically begin to gradually share those things for her. Uh, with her day by day, week after week, bring one of them up and say, you know, I may not have said this to you before, but I really appreciate this about you. And then finally, a Christian husband leads in love with respect for her. Do you lead her, brothers in Christ, in such a way that she cannot doubt your love for her or that she cannot doubt that your respect for her, that, that you see her as a treasured peer and a, and a friend as one for whom you have the profoundest intellectual respect and regard for her character, does she recognize that what I think and what I say really matters to him? That he relates to me in such a way that I can tell I'm a person for whom he has the highest regard. You know, the greatest argument against the biblical model of headship and the relationship of Christian husbands and wives is the husband who fails to lead with love and with respect. Show me a woman who's experienced an overbearing husband or a passive husband, and I'll show you a woman who has profound doubts about whether what Paul is saying here will really work. And some of those women will even refuse to believe that it is even true at all.
But you see, the problem is not with what Paul's saying. The problem is with our own sinful hearts and what we've seen in our culture and the influences in our culture against the Scripture. Husbands, we have to realize all of that and go with what Paul says. And live a different way, even if you haven't seen it from your own father. And certainly, you haven't seen it from your culture, that's for sure. So how do we love our wives as Christ loved the church? Well, obviously, we'll never do it perfectly in this life. But even in order for us to do it substantially, we have to confess our sins to God. We have to confess our lack of biblical love, our lack of gospel love for our wives. We have to look to Christ in faith and ask the Lord that by His grace and by the work of Holy Spirit in our lives, He might transform us and enable us increasingly to love our wives to the glory of God. Father, thank you so much for this word to us. And will you help us uh, understand it better? And will you apply it to our hearts? And would you transform us and enable us to love our wives increasingly as Christ loved the church? And Lord, we ask for your help and your blessing in that. In Jesus' name, amen.